Hey everybody, it's Pastor Isaac, lead pastor of Shore Christian Church, and I'm so excited that you are checking out this sermon. I pray that it blesses you. It is from our latest series, I Am, and this series focuses on the seven I Am statements of Jesus in the book of John. And we pray that this blesses you. If it does, we wanna ask you to do two things. Uh, one, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can get more encouraging and empowering sermons like this every single week. And also, uh, if you wanna help us get these sermons out to more people and uh, get the gospel out to, uh, to people that need it the most, uh, we encourage you to make a donation on the below link and it would be greatly appreciated. And we just pray that God blesses you through this sermon. Check it out. Praise you, Father. Paul said, I am who I am by the grace of God. The reason that we're here today, the reason that we're able to be overcomers is because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Let's just bow our heads. God, we thank you for this morning, Lord God. We thank you for who you are, Lord God. We thank you for your presence, Father. And I pray this morning, Lord, that we will be able to recognize who you want to be in our life, Lord God. That we will be able to hear that still small voice, the voice of the good shepherd to be able to lead us out, as David said. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because we have a shepherd. We have one who has gone before us, who has died for us so that we can be set free. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, if you would, this morning at the 10 a.m. service. Are you happy to be here? Are you just going through the motions this morning or are you happy to be here? Because we only give, get to live once and I wouldn't want to waste my time. If I'm coming to church, I'm going to come to the house of the Lord, the Bible says, rejoicing. And I'm rejoicing. Uh, I got, we, we got one guy with a Mets jersey on, my 2-0 Mets representing. That's right. Um, and uh, I will this year preach a sermon in a Mets uni. All right. Here we go. Part five. This series has been uh, really phenomenal. If uh, you haven't been a part of uh, this series, or if this is your first time, please download the Shore Christian Church app. The last four sermons um, have really been off the hook. Have they not, Rick? Amen. They've been phenomenal, right? Last, last week, we learned about uh, God, the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And that was the fourth I am statement of Jesus. And we're going to be looking at actually the last I am statement of Jesus. In the book of John, uh, there were seven times where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the gate or the door. And uh, this week we're going to be going to John chapter 15 and we are going to go ahead and get this party started. Who wants the party to get started? Okay. All right. Making sure I'm in the right. We're not at, at mass. We're in the house of independence. Okay. You're, you're allowed to, to be emotional. You're allowed to talk, okay? We, we're not going to yell at you or anything, all right? Just don't interrupt me when I'm in a good point, okay? Because we do have security for that. All right, here we go. John chapter 15, verse 1. Here it is. I am the true vine. Boom. And my father is the gardener. And he cuts off in me every branch that bears no fruit. I like that. I want God to cut everything out of me that's not bearing fruit, all the clutter, all the stuff in my life that is, is getting in the way of what God wants to do. Cut that out, not bearing fruit. Get it out of me. And then he says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That one I don't like so much. 
So it, it means no matter what, you're getting cut. One way or the other, whether you're fruitful or not fruitful, whether you're just or unjust. But he has a, a purpose, second part of that verse, so that I can be even more fruitful. You're already clean because the word I have spoken to you remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Here it is again, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I want to give you the title of my sermon in just a second. Uh, but one thing in my life that, that I, I despise doing the most is probably running long distances. Can anybody feel me on that? Please, anybody feel me? Like you couldn't pay me enough to run 10 miles. Anybody, anybody in the back? Yeah, I, I mean, you couldn't pay me enough. And, and I, but the thing is, I would do it for a charity, right? I would do it for a good cause. And so coming up, we have the Run for Dreams coming up. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to raise money for the Jersey Shore Dream Center, uh, reaching and impacting the lives of over 40,000 families every single year. We have that next Saturday. And I'll be running 13 miles in the uh, Run for Dreams, Run a Palooza. And uh, I'm, I'm pumped for that, excited across the finish line. The training, that part stinks. That is the, I, I ran nine miles this week on the boardwalk. Got a sermon from it though called, uh, When the Wind is Against You. Because the last five miles running back straight into the wind, like an old lady walking was, was like literally going faster than me. My, my legs were moving, but people were passing me. I was running so slow. And, and it was so, like the first five felt great. You ever like do something and the first five feel phenomenal, like I got this. So then you click it into another gear and you pay for that other gear later on mile eight. That was me. And, and I, I remember I'm, I'm, I'm running. I'm trying to get to the end of the boardwalk. And uh, as I finally make my way, I hit my goal and, and I'm in pain. I got knee pain. I got tendonitis in my knees. I'm an old man, like arthritic. And, and I'm struggling and it, there's so much pain. And, and then I finally get to my goal. And this app that I have, the Nike app, there's a, a woman that comes on with like these encouraging words afterwards, and which I don't like them. I don't need encouragement. I already finished, all right? I need encouragement while I'm doing it. Um, and so finally, I, I finished. I hit my goal. And, uh, and, and the, the lady comes on. It's like, congratulations. You just ran the most miles you've ever run before. And I wanted to tell you this. It might not be fun, but it's always worth it. And at first, I wanted to throw my phone against the ground so hard. Yeah, you think? But then I said, you know what? That'll preach. Because, I, you know what? I, I believe that that's what God says to a lot of people. Maybe a mom in here. And you, it's not fun raising those three kids. It's not fun not feeling appreciated for all the work that you're doing. It might not be fun, but it is always worth it. Say that to somebody maybe going back to school and you feel like you're taking a few steps back. You feel like other people are in front of you, running in front of you. I want you to know this morning that it might not always be fun, but it is always worth it. Even when you are serving, feeling unappreciated, you feel like nobody sees what you're doing. You just put one foot in front of the other. It might not always be fun. It might not always feel good, but it will always be worth it. And this is the Last statement Jesus says, the I am statement to his disciples. Throughout John chapter 13 through 16, 
these are the last moments that Jesus is spending with the disciples. He just had the Last Supper, and he is walking to the Garden of Gethsemane with his, his, his 11 disciples. And he is preparing them for the most challenging season of their life. He is preparing them for darkness. He is preparing them for, for what is going to happen in, in the next couple moments and the repercussions that are going to come from that hopelessness and that darkness and that struggle. And Jesus is going to tell them a secret to society sustain them through every dark moment in their life. What is that secret? This is what Jesus says. That secret to get us through challenging times is this. I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me. That's it. Abide. Abide. That's how you get through dark. To abide. That's it. And you will bear much fruit. Did you know that that's why God created us, is to bear fruit? That, that's why we're driven. That's why we're motivated. That, that, that's why, um, for, for me, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. If I'm not further along than I was a year ago, I feel like I'm struggling. I, I feel sometimes defeated. If I, if I feel like I'm further behind than I was two years ago, that, that, that's a struggle for me because we are called to bear fruit. When whatever we do, why, why is that? Genesis chapter 1 verse 22 uh, says this. It says, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and increase. That's why we're driven. But it can be very discouraging when you are trying to be fruitful, but you don't see any fruit on the vine. One of my second least favorite things in the world to do, number one is running. Number two is gardening. <laughs> gardening is a, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard work. It hurts your back. You got to get your hands dirty. Uh, I, I recently um, started to, to get our, our yard like ready for, for the spring and, and me and Judah went, we, we picked out a few flowers that we we're going to put in the front of the house and uh, Judah's all excited about it. Uh, it's really nice looking at the flowers in Home Depot. It's not nice getting your hands in the dirt and actually trying to get those things and, and watering them day after day and trying to, trying to see them grow. And, and, and it's hard. It, it's hard work. And Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And a lot of times we don't see fruit on the outside, do we? A lot of times. Is that what fruitfulness is? Is fruitfulness something that you see on the outside? Right? Is it? We're, we're mixed, I feel like, because uh, if you see somebody that's barren, you look at that person and say they need to try harder, work harder. They're not bearing any fruit. They need a new routine. And then you see someone that's fruitful on the outside, and you say they, they got it really figured out. They got it all together. Uh, let me just show you guys. This is a, a, um, a tree that I bought yesterday. Isn't that pretty cool? Isn't that cool? I got it at Home Depot. That's a peach tree. Do you know that? No, of course not. How could you know that? Because why? There's no peaches. But that's a peach tree right there. I went and got it. And, and that, that's, that, that doesn't look too, too, too nice. Let me tell you this, Margo. If, if Ron got you that tree for Valentine's Day, would you be pumped? No, no. He'd be out the door. You'd kick him right out. What are you doing? You know, it reminds me of Meet the Parents. Remember when, when a, a, a Gaylord Fokker showed up with a Jerusalem Tulipulus or something in, in the pot? And, and, and he's, like, he's like, oh, we're excited to see that bloom in six months, Greg. 
You know, I mean, my, my millennials, you feel me? I mean, because that we, this is what we want. We want, we want, we want roses, right? They're, they're, mm, they're pretty, right? Fresh, fresh from Quick Check, the best, right here. That's where I hook Diamond up. Don't tell her that. You know, but, but this is, you want this, right? I want this because it's pretty, but it's dead. It's dead, right? But this is what we want. We want to look good. We want to, this is what you want on Valentine's Day, but, but this is dead. This is, it, it, you can water it all you want, but it's not going to last all but maybe, maybe a week. But Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide in you. And a lot of times you might not be seeing a lot of fruit on your vine right now, but you just stay with it. You're planted if you abide in him. It's just a matter of time before the fruit starts evolving on the outside. So don't measure yourself by people that look like they're further along than you right now. If they're not connected to the vine, they're dead. They may see like they're producing fruit, but when push comes to shove, when dark times come in their life, and, and, and they're going to realize that they have no life inside of them because they're not connected. I want a tree. I want a vine. I don't want any stem roses that are cut because this is only going to last me a week. I want something that'll feed my family, feed my future, leave a legacy for the people that come behind me because if I plant that tree in the back of my yard, guess what? Judah and Lily, 15 years from now, are going to be able to eat those people. Peaches. 30 years from now, my grandkids are going to be able to eat those peaches, and so on and so forth. And that's the kind of life I want to live. I don't want to live a rose-filled life. I want to live a life that is planted in the principles that will produce prosperity in my life. That's who I want to be. If you want to be a rose person, you just keep looking for temporary stuff all over the place, but you're dead. You're a corpse, and you could put lipstick on a corpse. You could put lipstick on a pig, but you're still a pig. I want to be planted because that's where the fruit comes. Jesus says, if you remain in me, I will remain in you. And if you remain in my love, see, this, this one is kind of confusing. There it is, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. I, because I feel like sometimes we can feel like we get disconnected from God's love. Who moved? Because God's love never stops flowing towards you. God's love is coming after you. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not angels, not demons, nor principalities, nor things to come, nor things present, nor any other created thing in all of this world. But isn't it interesting that Paul left out your past. Because if you allow your past and your regret and the fact you think that you got to earn God's love or you got to work your way back to him, that is the only thing that can separate you from the love of God that is always flowing towards you. But if you can realize that my past is gone, it is over, then I can remain in Christ. And when I do, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. They could try, but I have that love that will wash me clean every step of the way. Remain in his love. It's a terrible thing when you feel unfruitful. Have you ever felt unfruitful in your life before? Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about feeling unfruitful for the seeds you haven't sown. 
because it's messed up if you, if you feel frustrated over the fruit you didn't bear for the seeds that you didn't sow. You can't be mad and frustrated about the A you didn't get for the book you didn't read. So I'm not talking about that. Okay, because a lot of people get frustrated about things and in their life because they never even sowed seeds. But I'm talking about the fact that you did sow seeds. You were faithful. You, you were planted in the, in the house of the Lord. You did raise your kids in the way that you should have. You, you, you did throw some seeds and, and now you're, you're frustrated because you're not bearing any fruit. The frustrations of being fruitless. I mean, you, you talk to a couple that trying to have kids for 10 years, five years, and they can't have kids. And then another couple, they just sneeze and they get pregnant and then they complain about it. The feeling of being unfruitful. Talk to somebody who's gone to college, four-year degree, double major, tens of thousands of dollars they spent and, and now they're, they're waiting tables in Asbury Park when they look at other people that are less capable of them and they feel so unfruitful because they know they have so much potential inside of them that they're not using. Feeling unfruitful. Notice I said feeling unfruitful. Because just the fact that you were cut back does not mean that you were cut off. Because Jesus said, every branch that does bear fruit, I cut back. I don't cut off. And I believe that that needs to be a word for somebody who feels like you're taking a step back, who feels like you're being decreased in your life. I want you to know it's not a cut off. It's a cut back. You've been cut back. Why? So that you could be even more fruitful. The reason that they prune trees is so when the sun comes back out, that tree is able to blossom and be even more fruitful than it was last season. And a good God, a lot of times, will cut things back in your life. Cut some people back in your life. Cut some distractions back in your life so that you could get recentered and refocused on who God truly is and where he really wants to take you. So don't be frustrated. It wasn't a cutoff. It was just a cut back. And, and I, I thought about how so many times we get so stuck in, 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 in what we want and our expectations of, of how things are supposed to turn out or how people are supposed to treat us. And, and we just hold on and squeeze. If you ever saw, I, I, I think it was Black Sheep when, he, when Tommy Boy talked about the sales that he was making. And he would just, because he gets so, he just held on to it so much. Uh, recently, my daughter Lily, she had the flu, really sick, bad flu. And whenever a child has, has a bad flu, it's, it's so hard as a parent to see your kids like that. And, and uh, we, we had one of our, our friends, uh, Ryan, uh, he called up and, and he loves Lily. I was telling you about Ryan in winter. And uh, Ryan loves Lily. And Ryan said, can I come over and bring Lily some soup because she's got the flu? And we said, sure, come on over, Ryan. So uh, a few minutes later, we get a knock on our door, and, and, and I have see if they're ready. We get a knock on the door, and here's Ryan. That's not really Ryan. That's Uriah, but Uriah is going to be Ryan for this moment. And, and, and Ryan shows up, and, and, and Ryan, 
biggest smile on his face. He has Princess Alestia, one of the My Little Ponies that, that Lily wanted so bad. And, and Lily's face, she was so excited and she got, uh, pr- thank you, Uriah. You're, you're, you're good, brother. You, it was a great job. And, and Lily was so excited. She has Princess Alestia and there's Lily just cuddling Princess Alestia and combing Princess Alestia's hair. And then all of a sudden, uh, about, about five minutes, I kid you not, later, while Ryan was still there, we get another knock on the door. And it's Uncle Thomas. And Uncle Thomas opened up the door. And, and, and all of a sudden, Uncle Thomas brought something better than Princess Celestia to Lily. And I'll tell you what, when Thomas opened up that door with whatever this is, life-size unicorn, I'll tell you what, Lily ran to that unicorn. And I'll tell you what, sometimes God has to cut you back. And you think it's the end of the world. Oh my God, how am I going to live with, 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 without Princess Celestia? But I want you to know, get the door, baby. There's something bigger than Princess Celestia at the door. And you're going through a season where you've been cut back, but you're not cut off. And you are going to be even more fruitful. So don't get frustrated because you're being pruned right now. Don't be frustrated because you don't feel uh, fruitful right now. I want you to get motivated to realize that your season is coming and God is just pruning you so that you could grow even more fruit on the vine. I serve a good God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can could ask or even imagine, but you have to abide. Don't pull up the roots just because it's not happening in your time frame. So that's my introduction. Are you ready for the sermon? Best introduction I ever gave. About three years ago, we had some landscaping work done at our house. And in the front of our, our yard, it would flood. And so they, they had to bring the bulldozers and they had to grade our entire front lawn bulldoze all the grass, all the front yard, so that the, the water could drain properly into the gully. And the guy came, and, he's, and, and now uh, this is what my yard looked like uh, in this moment. I, I, I mean, it, that's, that's my front yard, just moved into the house. And this is what he says to us. I remember his name is Paul. And, uh, and Paul says, all right, this is what we could do. We, we, we could either install a sprinkler system, 5Gs. We could, we could either do that. Or, or we could lay sod, three Gs. I said, um, is there a, another option? <laughs> and, and he said, all right, you, you want, all right, there is a third option. Um, you could seed it. Um, but I want you to know, this were his words. You, you could seed it, but that may take a while. <laughs> That's not what you want to hear, is it? You come to church, you, you don't want to hear this may take a while. <laughs> I want to hear all of a sudden. <laughs> but, but that guy, when he said that, that, that stuck in my head. Because a lot of you, and that's my first point, this may take a while. Turn to the person next to you and say, this may take a while. His sermons usually do. But some of you, you gave up on your New Year's resolutions already. Because it's been three months. And all of a sudden, you've been going to the gym, and then all of a sudden, one month goes by, you don't see any progress, and you just pull the roots up, I'm done. This may take a while. You've been living the same way for 25 years, and you think 90 days of new habits is going to change 30 years of a lifestyle that you live. This may take a while. My, uh, my, my brother-in-law, he'll be here at the second service. Um, 
Thomas. <laughs> Thomas. Thomas is getting a lot of shout outs. Thomas, to, uh, to put this nicely, uh, was uh, his whole life, he was very overweight. Uh, Thomas, it was in uh, October, I talked to him the other day, I uh, wanted to get a story. He was 297 pounds. Be careful. There might be somebody that, that was, <laughs> be careful. Because we, we all, you know, we all have our struggles. Some of them are on the outside, some of them are on the inside. And so Thomas had this struggle for years. And he was motivated by uh, one of the, the members of our church, Sherry, who's a trainer at this gym, Easy Fit. And at the Night of Dreams last October, she talked him into joining. And he was so motivated. He, he went there. He was so dedicated. The first month was unbelievable. He was waking up at 6 a.m., working out. Sometimes he would do two a day, Sandy. He'd go, he'd go at, at, at 6 a.m., and then after he would work landscape, and then he would go again at 6 p.m. I mean, he was dedicated. And, and I couldn't believe it. One month goes by, and, and he's, he's killing these workouts. He's working as hard as he possibly can. One month goes by, steps on the scale. Guess what happened? Nothing. 297 pounds. And he came to our house. He was upset. He was angry. He was frustrated. And, and almost resolved in myself, maybe this is just the way I'm supposed to be. I, I mean, I worked my butt off, changed my routine for one month. And then we, we, we said to him, Thomas, this may take a while. And you know what most people do in that, that moment is they say, I can't move like those people. I can't do this. This isn't for me. And they walk right away because they put in one month of work. And they expected a whole lifestyle to change in one month. And I'm so proud of Ty. He didn't do that. He said, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to eat even better this month. And he did that. And <laughs> you see him in the second service, 75 pounds later. He's, he's, and now, Thomas, I, he just sneezes and he loses weight. Like, like all of a sudden, he just can't stop it now because he's, like, he's literally like changed his metabolism because of this lifestyle that he has changed. But it may take a while. You think 30 years of living one way, your kid's seeing you live that same way, and then you start coming to church and, and they, they think you're a hypocrite still. This may take a while. You cheated on her four times. You think she's going to forgive you in four minutes? This may take a while. But it's going to be, ooh, we'll get to that in a second. A lot of people, you wanted to get closer to God this year. Someone came to me in our life group and said, I want to I listen to your sermon two times every single week. And I said, that's great. How's it going? Oh, man, the first couple of weeks went by, and uh, I, I just got busy. And, and you know, I, I, I listen really good on Sunday mornings, so I think I get it all. You think way too highly of yourself. I, I, I mean, you, you got to work this word. The Bible says the word of God is like a seed. It comes at you, and you got to dig it. you got to work it. If you think coming to church for 40 minutes is going to change your life spiritually, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. The Word is like a seed. Our God is like a gardener. you got to work it. you got to get down in the dirt. And, and some people say, I don't understand the Bible. You know, whoever said that, I don't get it. I open up the Bible. Can I be your pastor, please? 
I, I spend a lot of time working on these sermons. A lot of time. Sometimes 30, 40 hours working on these sermons so that you can listen to them for 40 minutes. Do you want to know how you can understand the Bible? Amazing. Because even though sometimes I'm insecure, I know I have a gift to be able to articulate the Word of God in a very relevant, easy way for you to understand and anybody else. I know that. You have a gift. Why don't you use it? Why don't Monday morning you get a pen, a notebook, your Bible, and a cell phone, listen to the sermon that was preached from this pulpit, and take notes, go through your Bible, highlight the scriptures that I'm talking about, take notes. Why do I know that this will work? Because this is what I did for three years, sitting under my father, Every single Monday, I would write to our church, some of you were there, a Monday message where I would recap the sermon that my father preached. For three years, I got so grounded in the Word of God just by doing this simple thing that took 45 minutes to an hour every single Monday, and it changed my life. It changed my perspective. It changed how my, my relationship with God, and it can do the same thing for you. But you have to work it. I love my mom. She listens to my sermon two times every Sunday. Two times. And then they go over it again on Wednesday. And you wonder why she's so close to God. They're like, oh my gosh. Pastor Rhonda, I wish I could pray like you. It doesn't happen by accident. You have to practice it. What do they say? Practice. Practice. Get the right routine. I don't understand why you got to pray. Why do I got to talk to a God I can't even see? I don't understand why you got to sing those songs. Raise your hands. That's weird. Never did that growing up. That's weird. I, I don't know why you got to, I, I mean, read the Bible. I can't understand it. I, I'm good. Let me tell you about one of my favorite movies. You never seen the movie Karate Kid? Never realized that there are some things that you don't understand why you're doing them? Because it means nothing to you in the moment. But then when the battle comes, let me run this clip real fast from the Karate Kid to refresh your memory. Two minutes before that clip, Daniel's son is, why are you making me do this? What am I, your slave waxing your car, painting your house? What is this? You don't realize what you're doing when you come to church. You don't realize what you're doing. Our, our paint the fence, that's worship. Our wax on, wax off, that's this. Wax on, wax off. Sand the floor, get on your knees and pray. Sand the floor, baby. Because there's a thief coming. To steal, kill, and destroy. Your family, your children, your life, your future. And if you don't know how to pick up the shield of faith and be able to quench those fiery darts that are coming after your family, and you may not think that it means anything coming in here and talking to God and worshiping, I want you to know that our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, the Bible says. And worship is our weapon. Our weapon is prayer. That when you pray and get down on your knees and cry out to God for your children and for your family, and for that job that you want, I want you to know that God hears you. That if you ask, you shall receive. If you knock, that door shall be open. But you have to knock, and sometimes you don't understand it, but when the fight comes, you're going to know how to defend yourself. Abide. Abide. You'll miss the miraculous if you resist the mundane. That was good. 
You'll miss the miraculous if you resist the mundane. Why are we walking around these walls? What, what, seven times you want me to dip in the Jordan, Naaman said. Why not the fifth time? Why not the sixth time? I don't know, but we just keep walking. We just abide. We abide. We abide. He's the one that puts the fruit on our branch. We just abide. We just keep soaking in the sun. We just keep waxing on, wax off, paint the fence. And in the moment that God wants us to bring forth the fruit, we will. But we just have to abide. A couple months ago, we preached a sermon where let the routine be the reward. Sometimes it, it, it feels mundane, but God is moving something in the heavenlies for you. And lastly, number two is my final point. The same guy who, uh, he told me about planting the seed and, and he said that this may take a while. Right after he said, this may take a while, this is what he said. You ready? Are you, are you ready? Yes. This is what he said. <laughs> Look, we got to preach these sermons together, okay? I'm not that good. He said, he said, this may take a while. And then he said, but the wait is going to be worth your while. This may take a while, Greg. But the wait is going to be worth your while. The fruit is going to be worth your while. Your praise and your patience and not walking out on that marriage and not walking out on that job and not walking out on that opportunity and not walking out on this church and not walking out on God and, and even when you feel like giving up and you're at mile five and you still got five more to go and, and I want you to know that the wait is going to be worth your while because when that moment comes you don't want to miss your opportunity. When the children of Israel, when they were marching around Jericho, they didn't know which lap the walls were going to come down on, so they just kept marching anyhow. Sometimes you just got to march like maybe this one is going to be the last one. Maybe this prayer is going to be the one that God answers. Maybe this is the day that I'm going to be able to wake up completely healed of that ailment that has been in my life for 10 years. Maybe this is the day that my children call me back and finally say, I love you, Dad. I love you, Mom. Maybe this is the day that I finally see hope in my marriage and finally see that twinkle come back in my spouse's eye. Maybe this is the day. So I'm going to live every single day like this is that moment because the wait is going to be worth my while. And all I have to do is abide, abide, abide in the true vine and the fruit will come. You may feel barren right now, but I want you to know that there's going to be peaches on that tree. Millions and millions of peaches, peaches for me and for you but you have to abide say abide. abide just stay if you resist the mundane you will miss the miraculous it's not always goosebumps it's not always everyday answer prayers sometimes it's everyday no answer prayers but I pray anyhow I worship anyhow I come serve God anyhow because I know that if I abide there will be peaches on my tree in due season the Bible says just got to abide when when Jesus spoke these words to the disciples from that moment they arrested him and Judas came with the silver, 21 pieces of silver, took Jesus. 
Guess where all the disciples went? Scattered. Scattered. That's what Satan wants to do. Scatter us. Isolate us. That's his prerogative. If I could isolate you, if I could get you to scatter, feel sorry for yourself, feel guilty about what you did in isolation, then I got you. And that's exactly what the disciples did. They scattered. Peter went back to fishing. They all went back to who they used to be. And, and Except for the women. Thank you, Jesus, for the women. Got more faith than the disciples. They said, you know what? It, it, it is dark right now. We just lost our Savior. We just lost our hope. We just lost everything that we put our faith into. I saw him die. I saw them roll the stone in front of the tomb. He's dead. And all day Saturday, there was nothing. And then this is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire book of the Bible, especially in the book of John. John chapter 20, verse 1. This is what it says. It says, where is it? Early on the first day of the week, while... It was still dark. While there were no peaches on the tree. While there were no prayers being answered. While I didn't see any fruit on the outside. While it was still dark. What you do while it's still dark will result in what God is able to do in your life when the sun comes out. What do you do when it's still dark, when it still feels hopeless, because it felt hopeless, but while it was still dark, they listened to God's word that on the third day I'm going to rise again, and I still had hope even though it was still dark, and they came to the tomb, and they did what God called them to do. They abided in the vine, and because they did, they were the first people to be able to witness the empty stone, that he, Jesus, was alive, and they ran with excitement, that the world had been transformed, and suddenly we have a Savior who is alive again. What do you do when it's still dark? Stand your feet right now if, you, if you're able to. What do you do while it's still dark? Don't walk away. Abide. Abide. Keep coming to church even if you don't understand what I'm saying. Or maybe, maybe, maybe someone said, oh, I, I like the, the, the weak sermon before better. That's your problem. That's just because you weren't listening as good this week. That means you need to re-listen to it one more time because you missed something. You have to work the word. You have to abide. Let's just bow our heads right now. God, we thank you for your presence, Father. We thank you for what you did on the cross for us, Father God. And on that cross, you accomplished for us what we could not do on our own. Father, forgive us for not abiding. Forgive us for our frustrations of unfruitfulness, Lord God. Because a lot of times we can't see the fruit that you're growing on the inside of us. And it gets so frustrating when we see other people passing us by. See other people that are putting fruit on their tree. We get other people that are got great jobs and they seem like they got it all together. And I, I feel so barren. I feel so, so unfulfilled right now. God spoke this word for you. That yes, this may take a while. This may take a while. But the wait is going to be worth your while. Say that with me. This may take a while, but the wait is going to be worth my while. This may take a while, but the wait 
is going to be worth my while. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap.